brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cool Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Guys, I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm having on one of probably my biggest like YouTube inspirations. He was basically <laughs> the person that kind of convinced me to start my YouTube channel. If you watched running YouTube back in like 2017, like around when I started my channel, you will know exactly who this is. You probably already do, not even from the running world because now he has 2.67 million subscribers on YouTube which is crazy and he's accomplished so much. He also is one of my inspirations in terms of like entrepreneurship because even though he's significantly younger than me, he's accomplished so much in his business life and we had just had such a good conversation today. I'm excited to bring Ryan Trahan onto the podcast. So in today's episode, we're gonna talk all about honestly what his life is like being a famous YouTuber now, especially coming from someone that came from the running world and yeah, I don't know. It's just such a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it and let's get straight into it. All right, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. I feel like I've been meaning to talk to you for a long time and I'm glad that you could come on the podcast and we could just have this conversation in front of everyone. So Let's do it. Let's just do it publicly. Catch up on the air. Exactly. Um, I said before, but I feel like I'm in the presence of a famous person now. It's like, I feel like the last time we talked, it was like, you know, I was just started by YouTube channel and you had like been established in the running YouTube world. But then now you're like, on to bigger and better things. I'm like, you're killing it. You're absolutely killing it. So thank you so much. Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy. I feel like the last time I saw you in person was definitely, was it like cross country nationals? Yeah. My senior year, like 2017. That is insane. How much time has passed since then, but I know. yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I'm super excited to catch up and just hear more about like what you're working on as well. And like, I'm honored to be on the podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So to get started, do you want to just give like a little introduction to yourself or like a little bit of a rundown just in case people don't know who you are, but they probably already do, but just in case. 
Yeah, well, okay. So I got started on YouTube in the running community, much like yourself. And essentially, I was going to Texas A&M. I was so excited to be running D1. felt so cool. Um, and I loved running so much. It really just like set a foundation for who I was. And essentially, everything that I saw in myself, whether it's my character or just my, my work ethic, whatever, all sort of stemmed from it. So it was a big part of my identity. And what I'm super excited to get into is sort of like how that has applied to the rest of my life, uh, because ultimately I made the decision to forego running and forego school to pursue my dreams of like being a YouTuber and just being a business owner. And so I ended up dropping out with 20,000 subscribers, which looking back, I would not have told myself to do that. That <laughs> sounds crazy, but in yeah. the moment I was so confident and yeah, it's, it's just been a, a whirlwind. It's been a big learning curve for me over the past few years to just figure out like how to just maneuver through life properly. And it's been awesome. I feel like I've a lot of, I've met a lot of fantastic people along the way, including you. And there's just so many great connections that I've made through this YouTube thing. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to do it any other way. So yeah, man, I forgot that you dropped out after 20,000 subscribers. That's like a it's bold crazy. move. But when you, <laughs> when you made the announcement, I honestly was like, yes, Ryan, like you made the right decision. I knew it. Cause you just have such like an entrepreneurial spirit that I knew that you could make it work. And obviously you have. So I'm <laughs> assuming you don't have a lot of regrets with that decision, but it's also crazy just to see like the movement that you started because to me, like you were the first running YouTuber. Like I can't think of wow. anyone else that kind of like <laughs> was before your era that I watched personally, like you. And I don't know if you're familiar with the athlete special, but he like went to Georgetown yeah. and he was a running YouTuber too. And like you too inspired me to start my own channel. Um, and you, I think you are just kind of the catalyst for an entire like running YouTuber movement, which is definitely still wow. growing. It's like in its baby little phase, but yeah, yeah you've, you've started a movement, so. <laughs> yeah, it's something I love to look back on. I mean, I remember I, there was a few running YouTubers. Like, I, I know VO2 Max Productions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. That yeah, guy's yeah, a yeah. legend. Uh, he was super great. And it's crazy because there's such a great culture within the running community, especially like high school, college age. Yeah, there's, there's no one really making that type of content. And I think a lot of it did stem from the fact, well, first of all, it kind of is a full-time job in itself to train that hard. <laughs> so yeah. creating content as well is very difficult. Um, and I also think, you know, just sort of the hurdles that are, especially in college, whether it comes to just like, I don't know how much has changed since when I was in school, but, you know, making videos, making money and, you know, blah, 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 that stuff. Uh, it made it, you know, a little bit more difficult, but I mean, it's so cool to look and see so many different running YouTubers. I still love the sport and I still think it's such a fun communal environment and a lot of people can just support each other in different ways it's it's awesome yeah and I feel like the student athlete experience is such a unique one that people want to get perspective on so I feel like you kind of starting that like I feel like you also kind of I don't know had an influence on people in other sports too like starting YouTube channels for like the whole student athlete experience because people are just You're so nice by that. yeah no, I, stop. <laughs> I appreciate that it's true it's true <laughs> Um, how did you deal with like, when you decided that you weren't going to run anymore, how did you deal with the backlash? Because I'm sure you got some from that decision. Yeah, it was tough because I only went to school for three months. Like I only, I was in college for three months. It wasn't even totally the running thing. I don't know why, but I just felt like with classes in college, it was much harder than I had expected because in high school, it felt like, I mean, I worked hard, but it felt like I was pretty good at academics and then when I got to college, it was just like, wow, I don't know if I can maintain this and running and YouTube. And I have goals outside of that as well. And 
all while trying to balance like a social life too. It was a lot. And I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about more is just the stress and pressure that people our age or younger go through when they go to college. And it's like, I can't remember being that stressed since I left. Like, I, I mean, I've done things with, with business and I've worked with cool brands and stuff, but I've never been as stressed as I was those three months in college. So I just want to give huge credit and huge props to people that can get through that. Uh, I truly admire like people that can get their education. And it's like, that is so much harder than we give credit for. Um, but yeah, in the moment, you know, it was just like a lot of back and forth between, first of all, my personal dialogue, like, do I really want to do this? Like I work so hard to like try to get this education. And also just like the side of me that believes in myself and believes, well, I really want to try to try this path. And if it fails, I know I can still come back. Um, but it was a lot, you know, a lot of my peers said it wasn't a good idea, which is what looking back, I would tell myself. So I appreciate their input <laughs> so much. Like, dude, that don't, I would never recommend one of my friends to drop out with 20, 20,000 subscribers. Um, and yeah, ultimately I wouldn't even necessarily say there was a lot of backlash. There was so much support. Like when I posted the first Instagram post, I was like, hey guys, I'm doing this. The amount of love was just like so overwhelming. And I mean, I still remember a lot of people that commented on that to this day. I'll still like see their name pop up on the comment section. It's like, dude, you are incredible. Um, and I truly believe that the support would outweighed the, the backlash. And for that reason, it made it a lot easier, honestly. Did you, like when you were in high school and you started your YouTube channel, did you ever see yourself becoming like YouTube famous? Like, did you ever see yourself with two point something million subscribers? No way. It, <laughs> it's so weird because at the time, like I lived in this super small town. I literally knew maybe like 50 people. And so the idea that you can even reach beyond that was so foreign to me. I mean, I knew people were like famous on YouTube and I knew that people like had millions of subscribers, but I never saw that with myself. And I was super ambitious too. Like I was probably overly confident in high school. I was like, oh, I can do anything. Um, but whenever it came to YouTube, I was like, all right, 10K would be perfect. I, like I could live off that. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and you know, the cool thing with YouTube is there, there's really no boundaries. There's no limitations. And as long as you can put yourself in a position where you're able to just be your most authentic, authentic self, make amazing pieces of content. And for me, the catalyst was just like finding a great team and just like, finding people that are also inspired and motivated and surrounding myself with those people. Um, Cause truly like, I don't believe that what we've achieved on the channel is even close to being my doing, you know, I think I couldn't be doing anything even from getting to a million. Like there was so much that had to happen with, you know, support from other creators or just like editors, whatever. Um, so it, at, the, at the end of the day, this is insane. I still can't believe it. <laughs> it's crazy. And we still have bigger ambitions. Um, so we're just kind of rolling with it, feeling like we're living a dream and it's awesome. So you, you left college at 20K. Like, what was your plan? Because there is a cap to like the running world. Because when you left yeah. college, you were pretty much still in the running little community. And there's definitely like a cap onto what that little running niche is on YouTube. So what, what was like the plan moving forward? <laughs> Emma, I wish I could tell you, like, it, I don't think I had much of a plan. All I knew is I was making enough money to buy groceries and pay my rent. And the rest of it was like, we got to figure it out. And I have nine months I mean, before my lease was up at, you know, my college apartment. So that was kind of my timeline where I was like, all right, I got to get myself into a decent position to go out there in the real world. This college town, like College Station, Texas a and so cheap. So I was like enjoying the low rent. And, you know, it was it was sort of like this time where I 
kind of guess it. What, what do they call it? Gap years? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Like gap year. Kind of felt like my gap nine month type thing. And I mean, I had aspirations of building Neptune, which was my water bottle company. And that was probably my primary focus. But whenever YouTube started like bringing in more revenue and it started kind of taking off bigger than I had expected, it became my primary focus. And so I almost feel like I didn't have a plan. Like the plan had me as cringy as that sounds. It sounds like so not deep, but that's exactly kind of what happened. So would you just like sit in your room and brainstorm like different ideas? Like I remember that oh, the Lauren Gray video. I feel like oh that was gosh. the first one where I watched you and I was like, oh my gosh, Ryan <laughs> is going to be famous on YouTube. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think I looked up to a lot of people and I think that's what I love about YouTube. There's so much access to people that feel like you and me. Like I can look at the top creator on the platform, like Mr. Beast, he's such a normal guy. And I think that we can look at him and just be so inspired. Like literally anything is possible. Um, it takes a lot of work to get to where he is, obviously, but we can see ourselves in him. And I think I saw myself in a lot of like creators that I looked up to like Cody Co. you know, the commentary mm -hmm. niche is just so awesome. And so I saw them and I was like, I want to give this my best shot. And I sort of took it as a challenge because like, I still had that competitive nature from running and I'm like, all right, if they're spending 10 hours on their commentary videos and spend 50 on this one, make it so funny that this just can't, it can't possibly not get noticed. And I kind of kept rolling with that. And I started with the running commentary, which wasn't really a thing uh, with Jacob <laughs> Ingebrigtsen. <laughs> yeah, I Jacob. remember that. Yeah. And I tried to sort of let that be a transitional phase to where I could actually do normal commentary. And it just happened. I remember I was sitting in a cold stone ice cream place with my buddy, Ryan Hero, refreshing this like YouTube page. And I'm like, dude, this has 90,000 views. And he said, what? We were just freaking out. Well, looking at the real time views go up and it was just like one of the happiest moments of my life. Yeah. I feel like that had to be like a super defining moment where you're just like, maybe mm -hmm. I can do this. Absolutely. Okay. I'm so curious. How many hours do you like spend on a video? Like, uh, like when you were first doing it, your commentary videos, cause that was kind of like your little thing for a while how many how many hours were you spending on a video <laughs> right okay so, so a lot of my friends are starting out on youtube now and some of them are like smaller uh, one of my good friends i mean he has like 2,000 subscribers ish right now and his goal is to post like once a week and i tell him like it's very difficult to do even that but i think to get noticed on youtube you have to make like starting out you have to make two or three really good videos a week mm -hmm. and so i was posting two or three videos a week and editing to myself. Um, and realistically, I would probably say I only did that. Like that was my day. Um, <laughs> the 16 hours I was awake or anything or whatever, I was spending on YouTube, whether it was editing or, you know, filming or brainstorming. And I really made it my whole life. And at that time, you know, I was doing everything. And I would say probably 15 hours of video um, realistically, but that Lauren Gray video took me so long. Like I, <laughs> I didn't even know how to edit at that time. So that's the thing. Like I had to spend so many, so many hours just learning, like how to move text around and stuff. Um, yeah, it was like, I was all in for sure. Okay. I still don't know how to edit after a couple of <laughs> years on YouTube. Granted, I haven't taken the time to really learn how to edit, but like, what do you think is the main characteristic of like a person that is a successful YouTuber because there's so many elements that go into it. I just started on my iPhone. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And it's like <laughs> from the outside point of view, I feel like people are like, oh, I don't have the personality for a YouTuber, but do you think it is mm -hmm. personality? Because I feel like a lot of it is editing. Like, I, I don't know. What do you yeah. think is like the biggest thing that makes someone successful? 
Yeah, it's difficult because in high school, I definitely didn't have like a good personality or I, did, I didn't feel comfortable with myself. Just like, hey, maybe I maybe I should be confident in myself in social situations. I just didn't have that. And I think that editing actually gave me that catalyst where I was like, okay, if I can make myself funny with editing and I, I like this version of myself, then maybe I can try to be more outgoing in real life. And so I think it's really cool to just be able to spend that time with yourself and like try to create something that you really enjoy. And then just like put it on the timeline and try to find ways to make it better. Whenever it comes to just like being a successful YouTuber, I feel like I've had so many different ideologies, so many different obstacles that I've had to overcome. And I realized at the end of the day, after this three years of just like, oh no, this is the answer, this is the answer, this is the answer. I realized I tried to be so many different people on the internet. I tried to be different versions of myself that weren't authentic. I tried to edit in certain ways that I thought would be more likable for other people because maybe like Mr. Beast was editing this way or Cody Ko was editing this way. And ultimately what I realized is at the end of the day, there's only one me, there's only one you, and that is our biggest value proposition. Now we can obviously optimize that. And like Logan over here, my editor is incredible. And that was probably one of the biggest catalysts just just realizing like, okay, we can make this bigger than just myself because he's a better editor than I am. And that's coming from someone who's like, it's very difficult for me to give things up and realizing like, okay, he can edit way better than I can. Let's go find someone who can do another area that, that I've struggled in. And it's just that realization of like, I don't have to do it all, but I need to do what I can <laughs> the best. That was a big jumble of words, but essentially <laughs> we just need to be ourselves, you know? And I think that that is true that I've decided on. And other than that, it's just building a great team culture with people whenever you can, like start building a team, whether it's your friend down the street or it's an actual employee, you know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of YouTubers have talked about kind of that, um, like not willing to give up the editing factor, which is kind of <laughs> crazy to me. Like I can't even imagine having someone else edit my videos for me. Like I just, mm -hmm. not that I'm like a good editor or anything, but I just can't imagine like another person <laughs> being on my team. Like how did you know that you mm -hmm. needed to start hiring outward people to help? Yeah, I think YouTube has become super competitive. And I think there's the really cool thing that I love about YouTube is that there's not just one way to do it. Like some people want to be the biggest creators on the platform. And that's one of my goals. But I also have friends who realize like, hey, if I just have my 50,000 subscribers that I've built over time, I could like just be friends with them forever. Just make con like serve those people forever. And I can make a living off of it. And I think that either way, and there's, there's so many different tiers to that. Either way, there's so many different levels of like, bureaucracy or just like how corporate you want to get or how big you want to get. And so for you, or even for me, when I was that size, I didn't need an editor. And I feel like, honestly, I would have been embarrassed for like the content I was making. Like I didn't trust people to like edit it for me. Yeah. I was like, I don't um, want anyone seeing this raw footage. I don't need anyone to see this. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like I stutter so much when I'm like filming a video and I'll just like say very unfunny things. I'm like, please, I'm like, I'm Logan, like please cut that out. Yeah. I'm like, don't judge me, Logan. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. And that's what I love so much about YouTube. It's not like you like TV where it's like, you only have like prime time or you have nothing. It's like, I can just upload and serve my audience and make a living off of it. Or for someone like me, it's just like, I can try to transcend to the top. See what happens. Yeah. 
That's crazy. I can't even imagine what like logistics are for someone of your size or like someone like Mr. Beast. Like I just oh can't gosh. imagine yeah. what life is like. Like how how has your life changed? I mean, your life has changed so much, but how has your life changed? <laughs> I guess like summed up from when you graduated until now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I truly as much as I hate to admit it, I just don't, I feel like I'm living a different life, like a different consciousness. I can't even really fathom my identity and just like my self-consciousness before dropping out. I don't know if that almost sounds like, what do they call Mark Zuckerberg? Like an alien? Like they, <laughs> I don't know. They, they basically say he's like a lizard person. I'm not saying that that's what happened at all, but I truly feel like I'm just in a different state of consciousness. I'm not even trying to get all like <laughs> deep, deep. Like, crystals, whatever. Um, <laughs> I feel like so, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. And I think a lot of that comes from meeting Haley and falling in love and just also getting closer with my family and building a totally new circle of friends. I think that if you were to like jot everything down on paper, my environment has 100% totally changed. And I think that that's probably the biggest reason that I feel like I'm not the same person because we really are a product of our environments at the end of the day. And whenever you surround yourself with great people and like-minded individuals and essentially just put yourself in an environment where you could thrive, I feel like so many great things can happen. And I would say that's most likely the biggest blessing of all is that I feel like I found that group and I found sort of myself through this process. Obviously a lot's happened and you know, we've, we've had some success, which has been great, but it's also come with a lot of like learning curves. And I feel like we've made mistakes along the way where it's like, all right, maybe um, we could have handled this differently. Maybe I shouldn't have moved across the country and I should have like stayed home. But at the end of the day, that's what brought us to where we are today. So um, you just got to embrace those obstacles and more importantly, love and serve the, the group that you're in. Did you always see yourself like becoming an entrepreneur or were you just thinking that you were going to go to Texas A&M and like take the traditional route, get a normal job? Like... It's so weird. Do you know Shark Tank? Yeah. Do you watch Shark Tank? Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like I, I mean I don't Shark watch Tank it. I don't I don't watch it regularly, but I know what it is. You know what it is. It's it's a good show. It really is. Totally off topic. Uh but <laughs> I think I used to really enjoy watching that show with my dad. We'd have like burger nights on Fridays and um that was probably my most cherished time in high school, just like looking forward to that every week. And we would watch it and just like look at all these people tying it back to YouTube talk about people that are just like you and me watching that show seeing some 24 year old who is from like Wisconsin who thought of this weird thing for I don't know like cattle I don't know it literally the most random things people would have an idea bring it on the show and make a living off of it and I thought that was like so so inspiring because I saw myself in them just like with a lot of big YouTubers and sometimes all it takes is like having access to a show like Shark Tank to inspire millions of people. And I was one of those people. So I realized like I wanted to figure out how to be successful. I had no idea how it was going to happen, but I, I, I saw a lot of potential in the idea of being an entrepreneur and controlling your own life, like just selling products. And I was really passionate about it. And so that's why I started that business in high school. And, you know, I think, I, I thought I was going to get a master's degree, which is kind of the weird thing that I don't tell a lot of people. 
and I, cause I fell so short, like I didn't even make it the first year, <laughs> but I thought I was going to get a master's degree in business and go work like at a big corporation and then work my way up. But I think that all stemmed from a lot of, um, you know, just not knowing how business really works and not realizing that I personally have the potential right now to go work at the gas station, save up some money and start a business. And obviously there's a lot of people that don't have that luxury. Like luckily I had a roof over my head. My dad was able to take care of me. And so I could focus on that. Um, and I recognize a lot of people don't, but that's what sort of gave me the, the realization of, I can almost like try to pursue what I want in this life. And I sort of use college as a springboard for that, I think. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like you've started a wide variety of businesses over the years. I mean, you had the <laughs> Neptune bottle, which was the first yeah. one, I'm assuming. It was actually not the first one. Okay, which... wait. I'm curious. I, okay, take us through <laughs> take us through all your businesses. I'm curious. All the epic fails. Um, so the first thing I started freshman year of high school is this platform called streamchat.tv. And this was actually going to be something similar to Twitch before Twitch came out or before I knew about Twitch. So I was like trying to learn how to code and stuff. Meanwhile, I don't even know how to like- As a algebra. freshman in high school? <laughs> yes. And I feel like that was a very like new thing like I didn't really know anyone who was coding. I just spent all day on the computer and I, I realized like, oh, these smart guys are making apps and stuff like Flappy Birds and whatever. <laughs> so I wanted to be like them. And I thought of this idea where essentially you could go onto a, a server online, a chat room even, where it's like you can watch TV shows, but also chat with a group. And so if The Bachelor was on, you could hop on stream chat and like just like have sort of your group and chat with them in there. And ultimately... There were so many obstacles. I mean, you can't just build that. Like I, I had $20. <laughs> you can't just do that like with $20. So um, that's what ended up happening. I realized out of my budget, coding is very difficult. Shout out to anyone who can code. And yeah, and I moved on. <laughs> the second business <laughs> was called Haven Goods. And these were Amazon portable chargers. And okay. this was like when around the time where Amazon FBA was like, kind of starting out like some people were talking about it and I started that and lost a lot of money you know I put like all my summer savings into it lost about two thousand dollars because I mean I sold like a hundred or so but I bought way too many you know oh no and I realized like this isn't really a viable thing I don't know what I'm doing let me let me stop <laughs> and so that's whenever high school came around and I was like all right water bottles I can go up to someone knock on their door and sell them a water bottle. I can do this. All right. So I, I decided I'm going to go all in. We're going to order a thousand bottles, me and my buddy. Ooh, that's a lot. Half. That's a lot, bro. I got like 3000 people in my town and half of them don't even interact with anyone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did it. Sold like 300 at school. I'm talking to grind. Like we were the water <laughs> bottle people. We were literally like, we we're going to Who the needs lockers in between Who classes. Needs <laughs> yes. Literally in between class, we're like opening our lockers. They're just filled with Neptune bottles falling out of the lockers. And yeah, we sold them. And it's super cool because people just hand me a $20 bill. And I feel bad because I feel like some of them got them from their parents, like the money. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to ask where you got <laughs> no. this. Yeah, here's the bottle. Um, and so it, that went super well. Like Neptune is something that I, I still hold near and dear to my heart. And at this point, I don't even necessarily think it's done for. You know, I still have a lot of aspirations for it. But as of right now, I realize building the YouTube platform needs to be my primary focus. And if, I, if something takes up too much of my time, 
that's kind of why I stopped doing it in the first place. It's like, I, I have to, to run with sort of the fuel for the fire or the, you know, I'm trying to think of some metaphor, like YouTube's <laughs> the car, Neptune's like luxury leather seats. It's just an accessory. Okay. Essentially. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I'll upgrade to the leather seats when it, when appropriate and it's going to be awesome. But yeah, a lot of failures along the way. Hydra also my clothing line stop doing that um i think sometimes my my ambition and a lot of our ambitions can almost overwhelm us and we sort of think too big but at the end of the day, at the end of the day that's what allows us to learn and that's what allows us to like be prepared for our next journey whatever that may be i i have both a neptune bottle and i think i have the first hydra line <laughs> it's still in my so closet back awesome. there that is yeah. so sick. Oh, literally like th- that phase, whenever people like show me an Epstein bottle or show me like some Hydra piece, I'm like, I freaking love you. That was a good time. Yeah. And <laughs> it was only awesome. a couple of years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. You're still so young too. What? Hey, you just launched um, your clay mug line too. Hey, let's see if this one fails. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're super excited. Like the cool thing is with, with Homestead and I'll kind of like brief Homestead. It's essentially, Hey, these clay mugs, what, imagine I just put that in there so you'd mention I'm like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, essentially, like Haley and I, we love homes and it's something that we've just really clicked on because I feel like growing up, neither of us had like a, a home that we just felt super comfortable in or, or felt super like in love with. And we like go to our friends' houses and just like realizing that a home can truly provide an amazing foundation for a group or a family is something that's just so fundamental in our being. And I think that we were trying to find a way to, to incorporate that into a business in a more affordable way. So we're not like going to be selling houses here or even selling like <laughs> furniture. It really is like, what makes me feel at home when I wake up in the morning? And so essentially what we're doing is we've launched clay mugs and we are also are launching oil diffusers and candles. And I feel like those are three products initially that, definitely make me feel at home and definitely make me walk into a room and be like, dang, this is, this is family right here. And the cool thing is we're supporting local businesses and we are working with like local small businesses for the candles. This guy named Matt, he, he runs a business called Wild Susan and he's pouring all of our candles. And it's been so cool to see him grow through our collaboration too. And so, yeah, essentially the good thing is Matt over here, he, uh, he's the operations guy and he's a genius and he's awesome. And so he's help, he's helping run the, the operations side. And so the reason that we're pursuing this is because we can still focus on YouTube while also being a part of it. We love business so much, um, but we know that someone's manning the ship. It's not us, but someone very capable is manning the ship and we can do this. Yeah, that's awesome that you can have a team back behind you too. And I wanted to touch on the home element. You bought a house which is yes. Okay. You, you've grown up so fast. It's like been so cool just to see you over the past couple of years. You've, you got engaged too, to Haley, another very yeah. popular YouTuber, which is super cool. And you, yeah, you <laughs> bought a house. You've grown up so fast. Crazy. Like, do you ever feel like you've missed out kind of on like, I guess like the college experience years. I feel like you've touched on this a little bit, but what, what yeah. are your thoughts? Definitely. I feel like Kaylee and I reflect a lot. And I do think we grew up really fast. I think that we sort of had this time of our life where we were both living downtown in Austin. And we were like, okay, so 
downtown, we feel kind of overwhelmed and we weren't really absorbing a downtown lifestyle. Like we weren't going out to eat places. I mean, we weren't even 21, so we're not going to like go out and drink or anything. So we would not always go drive to like 20 Street, minutes. Hitting up the bars. <laughs> exactly. This is not occurring in our lives. <laughs> so we were like, okay, so are we going to move like 20 minutes outside of Austin? Because that's kind of what we enjoyed doing. We'd like to go to the gym that's more quiet. And we would like to go eat at the restaurants that weren't packed all the time. Um, and so we started realizing like, okay, are we going to commit to another lease for a year? Um, or are we going to like, maybe try to look at buying a house? This has always been a dream of ours. And so that's kind of what occurred. We realized like, at first we were going to get respective houses and we were like, that's a bad idea. We spent literally all the time with each other. And why don't we just sort of like work together and try to find a house that we can really just like settle down in. And at the time, I mean, we weren't even engaged. So it was kind of a crazy idea. I look back at some of our decisions and I'm like, just chill, dude. Like you, you can just like get another apartment. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I realized this is another one of those things I can back to like, you just got to figure it out as you go. And this, this house is, it's been like, it, it's probably the single most thing that makes me think of, wow, like what life am I living right now? Because this was my biggest dream. And I just can't fathom, even like right now, sometimes I'll just get in these moods where I'm like, wait, 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 just chill out. Like <laughs> this, this doesn't feel real. How did this happen? Like, there's no way this happened to me. And I truly feel so, so lucky. Like, like I said, I am not the, the reason for all of the blessings that have occurred in our lives. And that's taken a lot of time to realize. And whenever I realize that it almost makes everything more special, you know? Um, so getting this house and I mean, just so many other things like being able to take care of our parents and like friends, if they need it, like whatever, it's just been probably the, the most awesome thing about YouTube and just sort of trying to <clears throat> scale the business as much as possible. Cause ultimately Haley and I, we just really want to serve others and, um, yeah, kind of a tangent there, but crazy stuff. Emma. It, it, I literally, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing to see. And you've worked so hard over the past couple of years. I think anyone can realize that. So it's fun to see you accomplish your goals. And I'm sure there's many more things. You're already, you're like still so young. You have, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I don't even know what you're going to do in the future, but I just know it's going to be amazing. But Thank what you. I want to talk about is like the hate that maybe you receive on YouTube. I remember watching some YouTube video that you like linked in your story. And it was some guy who made like a two hour long documentary Oof. about all of your life decisions yeah how do you deal with like something like that because I feel like that would affect me to my core yeah that was very difficult and it did affect us to our core um it was a tough time like that was I think it was September last year and it definitely put us into a time of like or do we really want to do YouTube like do we do we really want to just have this be our life and ultimately sort of what I'd had to realize is like a lot of the things that he was saying were valid and true. I look back on a lot of our videos or even our decisions in life. I'm like, yeah, that, that could have been much slower. That could have been a, a better decision. Um, but at the same time, I think that that is what it is. That's what's allowed us to grow to the point where we are now, you know, like making a decision that maybe isn't the best learning how to navigate it together. Um, and that's what I love about Haley so much is she's such an amazing supporter, but also an amazing leader. And so if we've made any mistakes along the way, like we've been able to, to sort through it together. And ultimately that, that video 
it was unfortunate, but I also am really appreciative of it because it did work. Like Haley and I, we pressed pause and we like sort of reflected on, okay, what do we want from our lives? And ultimately it's kind of springboarded us in a direction that I think we really needed to go. And 2021, you know, January 1st has kind of been a huge reset button for us. And we've, you know, we've taken the time to think and sort of reflect. And now here we are, and we're super excited about the future. We realize we love YouTube too much to, to let it go. And we also really appreciate, you know, valid criticism and aren't going to run from it ever. Um, but yeah, that was, that was super tough for us. Yeah, it was a really mature way of handling it, I would say, on your part. And I didn't really follow Haley's part as much, but um, just seeing how maturely you handled, handled that much criticism, I don't know. It just shows your true character and the fact that you, like, I don't know, you welcome it and you actually take it to heart and, like, grow from it. I think that's really mature, especially at your age. And you see a lot of, like, YouTubers that just get so, like, defensive over it. But I think the fact that you literally, like, made Instagram stories about it, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Even like link, you're like linking the video. I'm like, <laughs> this is, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a very mature way of handling it. But did you ever, like, is that what you expected when you, you know, grew? I checked this morning, 2.67 million <laughs> subscribers. Did you, oh. did you think that you were ever going to like have to deal with something like that? Honestly, no. I think initially whenever I had success on YouTube, I was in the commentary space and the commentary space is kind of known for being the projector of criticism and mostly in a funny way but sometimes there's commentary channels that are just projecting criticism in general and so I was never have criticism be made about me because I wasn't really showcasing any aspects of my life I was just sort of just like giving my opinion on other topics but whenever I transitioned away from commentary I realized I started making more personal content like Haley and I started the Trey family channel and we sort of became a lot more personal on the internet and if anything, I wish I could go back and just decide to not be so personal, not for the sake of like trying to hide things from my audience, but realizing that at the end of the day, I don't want to exploit my relationship or exploit just my personal life for the sake of getting more views. And I think that's sort of the trap we ran into is like, all right, we could easily just make like a really creative piece of content or we could do a Q&A that's like spicy title, whatever. And I think that you know, I personally fell lazy and I, I went into this uh, creative slump where I was, I was more dependent on exploiting those aspects of my life than just trying to create, which is something that I love to do. And so, like I said, like looking back on that, that's definitely where all the criticism stems from, like very valid as well. Like, I mean, like you said, we super young and we ran into a lot of things very quickly. Um, but I feel like I can look back and look back on those videos and look at that person, that version of myself and realize I've definitely grown from them. And I appreciate criticism along the way, especially like for my close circle, like people who genuinely are like, Hey, this and that, Hey, I think you can conduct yourself in this way. And it might come across this way, whatever, you know, and it's been really, really helpful. And now I realize I just want to channel that inner creative who just loves to make awesome pieces of content and build a great team around, around himself. And, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to do that and be able to pivot and, and have that grace from my audience. So it's been really great. Yeah, I remember watching your video that kind of talked about your mental health over the past couple of years mm -hmm. and the fact that you like pivoted so many times, just not really sure where you want to go with the channel. Like how have you kind of navigated out of that time period? 
Yeah, I feel like this year hit everybody pretty hard and it definitely hit me pretty hard. I think I had the idea that at the start of 2020, I had all the answers. We're going to like kick butt on this YouTube thing. Everyone then, did. You know, <laughs> everyone thinks that. I think that this year, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, and, you know, like something like coronavirus hits and you just don't know how to navigate it. I mean, everyone literally went through a very difficult time. And I feel like for me, I, I felt the brunt of that and I just lacked creativity. I lacked identity. I lacked a sense of direction. And ultimately that video was a manifestation of those things. I, I sat down and I was like, you know what? I pivoted my content so many times. I tried the commentary, I tried experiments, I tried the vlogs. Um, and none of it seems to really be working for me in terms of just like my fulfillment. And ultimately what happened is I realized like, that fulfillment can never come from views, money, whatever. That fulfillment truly, for me, has come in the form of coming to Christ again and becoming a Christian again, which I, I wasn't in high school, but I, I've come back to it. And realizing that that's my foundation gives me so much more confidence and it's so much more just like appreciation for when I do feel creative or when I do feel genius, whatever. Um, and so realizing that that is who I am and I am not a, I'm not defined by views. I'm not defined by like what category of content I make. It's allowed me to sort of just like take a deep breath, just reevaluate everything. Like when do I feel most creative? And that's kind of allowed me to go back towards the experiments and the viral content. Cause that's something I love to do is just create spectacles and, and try to um, wow people like catch people's attention. And that's something that I'm pursuing right now. So um Ultimately, I can look back on this year. I'm sure a lot of us can be like, this, this, this helped me grow. Definitely. And from an outside perspective, like it's crazy because you can't really see much of this like going on. Like you just don't know people's mental headspace, <laughs> especially if you like big yeah. YouTubers who are just like putting out content, maybe aren't as personal as like, you know, Trisha Paytas or something, but like, <laughs> um, <Trisha. laughs> I mean, it seems like this year, like you're already doing so much better and you come up with like the most amazing ideas. Just, I was so excited for your <laughs> January launch because I was like, oh, I'm just so excited. Cause I know oh. it's gonna be something crazy. Like I remember when you first came out with like the penny to a thousand dollars or whatever yeah. that series was. And I was like, that's like so wild. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm just so excited to see like what the future has in store for you. Like what can people expect from you now with this year? Oh, get me started. Here we go. <laughs> we are just so fired up as a team and like, our culture is just so fired up right now. We, we really want to be a top creator on the platform. And I feel like we truly have the tools to do it. We're thinking so differently uh, than we were in the past. And I, I truly think we're thinking differently than most creators on the platform. And so we've got some really cool stuff. Like we've got one of the first automated banners on YouTube that I think I've seen. Um, yeah, I don't know that how required... that works. And I'm like, what? I don't even but know I'm how it works. I'm just going with it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's super, super cool. And a, a really smart guy, his name's Jeff. He, he helped me get it to work and he, hey, he knows how to code. So maybe if I hadn't given up on coding in the past, I would know how to do it, but he did it for me and that's awesome. And, you know, we just want to really make videos every week that people fall in love with and people like literally can't wait for the next one. And I think that, that just having that deep respect for your, for the viewer, is what allows a channel to get as big as David Dobrik or Mr. Beast, you know? So that's really what our focus is. And I'm all constantly thinking of new ideas, trying to think of like, all right, what's gonna really get people's attention and what's something that we can really go deep with. So 
even if it's a spectacle like 24 hours in the world's smallest house, I feel like I want to create a piece of content that only we could make. I don't want to make something if it's like, all right, Sally, Joe, whoever could make this video the same way that I would. So I'm not going to do it. I want to create something that is unique to us. And I feel like I didn't have that confidence in the past and I didn't have that uh, respect for the viewer as well. So in terms of just ideas, you can expect, you know, once a week uploads, <laughs> I feel like that's so standard. What are we Daily doing this year? Actually. Like once a week. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to, you know, explain everything, but <laughs> it, we're going to take it to the next level this year. And hopefully people, people see that and we'll, we'll get some traction. So, yeah, well, I'm excited. Um, the last, okay. The last thing I have for you is I want, I was, I'm curious if you could like give your high school self or like even younger than that, because mm. you started a business freshman year of high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you could give your younger self like a piece of advice, what would it be? Oof. <laughs> I should have prepared you for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the thing. I literally, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought like, okay, if I could go back to like eighth grade, knowing everything that I know now, would I do it? Oh, I would think about you? this all the, I think about it all the time. Would you do it? I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that such a difficult decision? Like, I don't know, like you could take advantage of things financially, like buy some Bitcoin in eighth grade, just like cash out in 10 years. Um, you could like do so many things. You could like- if I could, Yeah, if I could time travel and I like knew what would come of the future, I would do it. But like, if I went back in time, I just, and I had no idea what was going on, I would just do the same yeah. thing, I think. Yeah, how do you know we haven't done that? Our, our memories just haven't been- Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> um, so let me let me stop this is like getting conspiracy theory podcast um high school self listen up <sighs> dude i feel like i failed so many times literally my whole high school life was dedicated to winning a state championship and i got second place in everything Na like it, how much harder can you fail like if i would have gotten third it would have been less bad but i literally got literally second in everything. I just feel like I failed forward in so many ways. If I could just tell my high school self something, it's just stay the course. It's good to be ambitious. It's good to have struggles and ultimately having a huge heart and a huge dream and a huge vision for your future is what's going to propel you forward. But I would say above all relationships come first. And honestly, just being real, putting my self-identity in God rather than myself probably would have helped me a lot because something I had to learn was like, I am not the center of the universe. Like I am such a fragile little guy and I can be so sensitive and like, so just sad at times. And so whenever I idolized myself and I was like, I can do anything. I think that's what made all the setbacks worse. Uh, but ultimately I'm so grateful for the ability to just have failed forward. So high school self, he's chilling. He'll be all right. Fine. <laughs> well, your high school self is chilling now. So that yeah. is awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on this podcast. I was, I, I don't know, this conversation was much needed for me. I just needed <laughs> your update on your life and just seeing it, the process, like 
since we last talked in 2017 you know i, just, I know i wanted to see where you were at and you're killing it and i'm sure well, thank like you so much a lot of people that are listening have seen you from the start so i'm sure they're all curious too and i'm sure they're very proud of you as well so thank you for taking time to come on yeah emma this is so cool like i feel like you're one of those friends that even though if we don't talk for literally i don't know how long it's been i just feel like we can connect and just just start right back where we left and it's just so cool to see everything you're doing as well and i feel like you're really like coming into your true self too and i see that on your instagram and just it, it's inspiring for me to just see that and see you know how social media can allow us to like be ourselves more and i don't know Anyways, i think it's gotten got better awesome. as time goes on too just like Definitely. People, people are becoming more of themselves and less fake which i think is a good thing so yeah, it's definitely healthy for, for the platform. So. Yes. Um, okay, well, to <laughs> to end the podcast, do you want to, like, where can people follow you? Though I'm sure a lot of people are already following and subscribed, but where can they check I'll you out? I'll take any I can get. Heck yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Ryan Trahan, uh, on YouTube at Ryan Trahan. And that's pretty much my, oh, TikTok at Trahan1M. You know what I, you know what I come did on, that I'm really on. proud of? What? I freaking tried getting zero to a million followers on TikTok in a week. I remember. And it literally took me a year and a half, but I hit it. You did? I hit a million. Oh I my did. gosh. Isn't that I feel crazy? like the last time I saw the TikTok, it wasn't at a million yet, but I'm proud of you. See, you pushed forward. It didn't take you a week. No, TikToker. but you, you, yeah, you're a TikToker. <laughs> you literally are. You have a million? That's impressive. That's crazy. I know. High fives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, you and Lil Huddy collab. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, to end the podcast, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. Big shout out to Sarah G for supporting the podcast. I give one of my supporters a shout out in each episode. So if you would like to support the podcast, it's just through the Anchor platform. The link is in the show notes. If you want to support the podcast for free and say you listen every week and you love it, it means so much to me if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps grow the podcast organically, and I just love reading your guys' like reviews. It seriously makes my day. Go follow at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram if you want to be up to date on the episodes, or if you want to submit listener questions sometimes, or I just ask for feedback on there too. It's a great little community we have. Thank you guys again for listening, and I'll hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, Bellas. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.